Welcome to the Send Parenting Podcast. I'm your neurodiverse host, Dr. Olivia Kessel. And more importantly, I'm mother to my wonderfully neurodivergent daughter, Alexandra, who really inspired this podcast. As a veteran in navigating the world of neurodiversity in a UK education system, I've uncovered a wealth of misinformation alongside many answers and solutions that were never taught to me in medical school or in any of the parenting handbooks. Each week on this podcast, I will be bringing the experts to your ears to empower you on your parenting crusade. In this episode, we will be speaking with Craig Henderson, the brilliant Bolton barber, who is dedicated to making haircuts accessible to all and makes neurodiverse children feel comfortable in his barbershop, no matter what it takes. He'll also give us some top tips on how to navigate grooming with your child at home, brushing hair, washing hair. He is a truly amazing individual and honestly inspirational in how he addresses kids' needs. So welcome, Craig, to the Send Parenting Podcast. It is really wonderful to have you on the show today. I have been enjoying watching all the clips you have sent me on Instagram or tagged me in Instagram, watching all these lovely little children having their hair cut in so many different ways with you chasing them around as they giggle and, or they're playing and they're, you know, it's just, it's brilliant. There's none of the fear, none of the screaming. You have, you have a way with you with how you cut children's hair and you have a very unique barbershop. And I'm really excited to have you on the show today for you to share with us, um, what started you on this journey to, to have such an inclusive barbershop, I guess would be my first question. Uh, well, it all started when my son Ashton struggles with SPD, which is sensory processing disorder so his aspect of getting a hair was always a struggle like from the hair falling in his face like the way the gown feels around his neck just things like that really I thought he taught me a lot of how to work with these children with additional needs but they're all different in their own way they all want different methods to work with them like some will sit in the chair and wear a gown but they'll have their arms out or I can't use the clippers I've just like certain combs I can only use so there's laws to think about it when you're working with these kids with additional needs. And the reason I went this way is because I believe everyone deserves a haircut. So it don't have to be just set for your neurotypical people. Everyone should have a haircut regardless who they are and no one should be segregated, judged or discriminated against when they come to a shop. Because unfortunately, when they go to most like shops, hair salons or barber shops, they're seen as like being naughty kids. But they're not yeah. but they're not really. They just need a, a different approach and I have a completely different approach to the way I do it. Like, when we don't have to wear a gown. I advise the parents to bring a spare T-shirt and or a towel that they might like wear, wear a towel from home so they can wear a towel instead of a gown and then work out, are they food-orientated or are they toy-orientated? So the parents will sometimes will bring them snacks or they'll play with the toys they've got in the shop. So there's lots of factors when working with these children with additional needs. You've just got to find what works and what doesn't work. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like it's really personalized to each of the the children. And does it does it take a period of time? Like you know, they might come in and just come in the shop one day, and then then you know, not have their hair cut that first time, or how, you know, what are the expectations from the parents and from your perspective? Or is it just that you take it take it as it comes? Well, usually it takes around I found about eight haircuts before we get them to the chair. But okay. before that, sometimes we manage even just cut a fringe or just a bit off, bit off the nape of the neck or or it's just where, as it start introducing to the equipment, 
to show them it's not going to hurt. So I'll use got a pair of clippers now with the blade taken out. So I'll, I'll do it along my arm, and it shows them that it don't hurt. It don't cut anything off. It just shows it doesn't hurt. Or I rub scissors against like my arm hair, taking a bit off and show it don't hurt. Same with the comb. I'll scrape it through my arm hair and stuff like that, just to show them it doesn't hurt. And then I'll introduce it to them or let them feel it and let them have a look at them, and just get an understanding of what I'm going to be using that day. Yeah, and that 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 patience and that level of empathy, I think, is is amazing, and it's you know uh, making it less scary. I would imagine for those children. Yeah, it is for some kids. It's like second or fourth visit; they're excited to come because they're not being forced into an uncomfortable situation. So they're, they're yeah. getting to be them in the shop, so they can run around and, as you've seen from the post, they run around and they're happy. Yeah, yeah. laughing. I, I, yeah, I had a yeah, real chuckle. Laughing, happy. <laughs> so, and I'll just do the her when I can do it. So when they crash and have a bit of a moment after they're like acclimatized to the situation and like decompressed from like the stress of coming in because they've got previous experience of like a barber shop being forced into a chair and being pinned down by the parents. So that's the instant reaction they're going to have straight away. And I'm a stranger and I've got scissors and you, as a parent, you tell your kids strangers are bad and scissors are sharp and I'm two of them things in one go. <laughs> so any normal <laughs> Like neurotypical kid is going to be freaked out by that. A kid with additional needs who remembers every every bit of information is going to be freaked out even more because you told them that strangers are bad and scissors are sharp. So I've got to get them used to that. Me using them and being a friend and not an like not an enemy. Yeah, uh, you know, it it, it 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 makes sense that they, you know, why they they don't want to come, and then it makes a, a lot of sense how you've gained their trust, and then you know, it's this is a fun place for them to to go, and um, you know, the haircut's almost a byproduct of them having a nice time in your in your barber shop. You know, and it's funny because when you go to other hair salons and you see children, you know, maybe being upset about it, wh- why do you think other hair salons or other hairdressers, barber shops, don't aren't equitable or, or don't, you know, you, you see on like, you see nowadays in movie theaters, okay, we have autism special, special viewings and, you know, or even I was in France over the Easter holidays and they had in the supermarket when, you know, they'll ha- have dim lights and less loud sounds and stuff like that, but you don't really see it in hairdressing. You're the first hairdresser I've come across that's, you know, done this. What would, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what can other hairdressers do to, to create an environment like yours? Well, I think it's more fear than anything. Because it's not... How so? Because we're taught a certain way from college. And this okay. is breaking away from the norm. Because when I learned to cut her, I learned to cut her differently from what I had to learn to college. Because a lot of mine was scissor skill based when I first started out. So, And that's been okay. an absolute blessing. Because when kids won't have clippers and you've got to get, get to like a grade two back inside, which is a standard issue workup for most like little boys, and I can do that with scissors. I can get that close with scissors, but we don't teach this at college. It's all about pick up your clippers and use your scissors just for doing the top. Ah, so they don't actually have the skill to do what yeah. you do. Yeah, almost. It's kind yeah. of, and then there's a fear of like what they're going to do, how they're going to lash out because I've been bitten, I've been punched, I've been kicked, I've been spat at, I've been screamed at, I've headbutted, I've everything thrown at me because it's the react, and you can't react when they've done it because you react, they've won. Then they know if they keep on doing that, you'll stop because you put me in an uncomfortable situation. But you've got to realize that it's not going to do that. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to scare you or upset you. Or I'm just here to provide you a service. 
and it's understanding these amazing children what what they need, even if it is just sitting at reception with them. And I think I've realised there's about four barbers and hairdressers in the country who do what I do. Okay. And some people do some people do yeah. it a different way than I do it, but we've all got our own unique way of doing it. But I firmly believe to keep them in the shop dynamic. So if they come in early and I'm doing a neurotypical client who's he's having her wax, he's using a hair dryer and the clippers, they can get used to the noises around them. So yeah. they're not worried when they get later on in life. So they can go into a barber shop when they're at college. They know to regulate through this situation by probably just putting some headphones on or sticking some AirPods in or playing with a fidget toy when they're in the shop when they're like a teenager because it doesn't leave them. And that's this is what some yeah. people think once they've hit that bit where I've got them on the show, anything can set them back from slipping outside when it's raining or I catch them with a comb when I'm going over their ears. Just little things like that can make a like send me some five steps back and we've got to build up again. And once they start understanding wow. what, what the service is, they'll get there. I've got like one of the kids who started with me. He used to scream. His dad was squatting down while we are cutting his hair. He'd scream through the whole thing, but he'd have his hair cut up, and that was way of regulating. And now he sits in the chair now because he watched other kids sitting in the chair from coming in early. He's going, well, well that's what I have to do. Because we know kids with autism like the routine. So if they see the routine, what happens, they follow that routine. But they might fidget a bit and be uncomfortable because of the hair because they don't want to wear a gown. But then they might ask to wear a gown because Fred wore a gown before him, who, was a, who sat on the chair. Can I wear a gown too? And then it builds up then, you know, because they built more trust in me and the show, I've shown them that I'm not there hurting them. I'm just providing a sermon and being a friendly face to them. And, and I'm that constant for them. And you're, you're you know, um, I've talked to other guests about how, you know, if you fire those neurons or you create those pathways in your brain, then you you wire them so they they get that kind of map so they know I'm going to come to your shop I'm going to sit in the chair I'm going to be able to do this okay and it's going to be all right you know and even if as you say if they have a, a back step they know that's going to be okay with you it sounds yeah, like as exactly. well that you're going to and if they have an off day where we don't do anything that day we don't do anything that day he's just been in the shop and he's got their own surroundings again and this is some sacrifices you got to take in this in this career because you can't charge a parent if they run around the shop for four to five minutes. <laughs> so and all they've done is just just walked around and got used to the surroundings that's absolutely fine with me sometimes I do have to make these sacrifices but you look at the bigger picture because guaranteed they'll be a client for life because they like yeah no, they like the true. routine so if I go anywhere and they feel comfortable yeah, with you exactly you know? and when yeah. I move from my smaller shop to this bigger shop now that were a difficult transition as well so we've stepped back a few with a few of them because it's a new setting now so it's trying to adjust them. I'm the constant. Yeah, the toy area is bigger and it's a bigger shop and it looks different and it smells different because of fresh paint smells. But I'm still your constant and I'm not doing anything different. It's the same scissors, same clippers, same everything, apart from the chairs, the mirrors. Are there other other barbers in, in the salon or is, is it just, just you? It's just me there. at the moment. I'm hoping to find somebody to educate them to do what I do and my approach the way I do Brilliant. it. Because it's a big struggle to get people to do stuff like this because they're not willing to get the onslaught of abuse with some kids. What, what do you do when the abuse comes? Like how, how do you, do you just become very quiet and calm or how do you, how do you, how do you cope with it really? Uh, I try to keep as calm as possible. Sometimes it's difficult, especially when yeah. I've got one who nips quite a few, 
Yeah. Oh, goodness. And that's his coping mechanism. So now I encourage him to high five every time he nips. Okay, so to try to swap yeah. the the nipping for yeah, the high five. That type okay. of stuff. But it's difficult. It is difficult. I've had a kid. He's headbutt me. I had a kid punch me in the nose. Uh, one kick, one kicked me in the goonies. That was a funny one. Oh my but goodness. that was I managed to full her cut, and his mum was overwhelmed, like she was in tears. And then we got to his fringe. I stood in front of him, and his leg went straight up. It's like he planned it the whole, <sighs> the whole experience. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. That sounds it dreadful. Was funny it was hilarious. It, but you just got to laugh them off, and they're not doing it for they're not doing it for any malice. They're just trying to get yeah. away from you. They're stressed, stressed and they just want to get away from yeah, you. Yeah, it's a fight or flight response, and it's a you know I, I experience that sometimes with my daughter as well. I don't know if you do if you're a child, and it's like okay, you know, <laughs> just kind of try to hold off or yeah. or, or yeah. duck. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> get out yeah. of the way. <laughs> Um, it must be, um, so liberating for the parents that you work with as well. You know, um, how do they, I mean, they must feel like they've really, you know, very lucky and blessed to have found their way to your door. Oh yeah. That, that quite a common thing is that you've got patience of a saint. That's all they keep saying. And it says it all when they're traveling from far as Markham, which is about 120 mile round trip from my, from Bolton. Wow. It's crazy. I've got a kid who come from Leeds. And now he comes in with pictures. He's a teenager. And then he had massive social anxiety about getting his hair cut. And he had autism on top. So mm-hmm. it was a dangerous combo. He's over really long. And his dad come in and said, right, you're my last choice now. I've seen you in the Manchester Evening News. Someone shared the article. And I thought I'd give you a go because after this, it's, we don't know what to do. So I sat on the reception desk uh, next to him. I said, right, what does he want? He said, mm. He said, well, I want to keep my hair long. And I went to his dad, well, can he have that? He went, yeah, he can have whatever he wants. He's a teenager. So I trimmed his hair. I said, right, we're going to do your fringe now. And fringe were like, blow his eye down to his chin. So okay. I said, right, we're going to do your fringe now. And then he started panicking then because. I imagine you might be panicking as well because of what ha- the earlier story yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> so we went to him and said, right, I'm going to take it to the bridge of your nose, like around this area. And he went, well, it's a bit short, that. He said, no, it'll be okay. It'll still be there. It'll be okay. So we did it, and he loved it. And it took me 15 minutes to do the whole thing. And then they booked him for a normal additional need to cut with a chat, like 15, 45 minutes to an hour, depending on complexity the needs are, because I do do paraplegics as well and all that. So it was well made up, and then they booked back in, and he come in with a picture and said, can you do it like this? I went, yeah, <laughs> of course I can. You're going to sit in the chair, though, to make it easier for me. So he sat in the chair and put a going on. He said, is that, is that too tight? Or is it, not, is it a bit too loose? He went, no, it's fine, that. And we just, now he comes in now, all the time now, and we just cut his hair as normal. And he loves coming down. That's brilliant. That's uh, His parents must be like, wow, you know, like, can we bring you home and have you deal with all the other probable, probable things in life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I imagine that... Um, you know, with, with your children and then seeing all these children, y- you have a, a great way about you and the way that you understand and, and have such compassion. I, I wish that we had more teachers like you even, you know, because um, it's, it's, it's understanding where they're coming from and you working with that, which is, which is absolutely brilliant. You also go out though to schools, don't you? How does, how, how does that so work? I go into three specialists, two specialist schools and a specialist nursery. It all, start, it all okay. started with a specialist nursery because they were looking for a barber. 
and they struggled to find a barber because they've all gone in and just shaved the kid's head pretty much. So they reached out to me for a recommendation, which I didn't really advertise it at this point. So I went okay. down and and they went, right, well, what we're we doing today? I said, we've got these children, they've all got additional needs, mainly autism and non-verbal autism. I said, right, that's fine. So we started off by cutting the caretakers out. So I let them, I let okay. them feel the back of the clippers, like the noise, so the vibe got used to the noise. I mean, my clippers were noisier back then, but I'm on a different brand now, so they're a lot more quieter and a lot more easy to use. But And then sprayed the water spray at them and things like that, just to feel the mist of the water spray, let them feel the combs, and show them the same thing with the scissors, like show them on my arm hurt. So that snowballed because I managed to do, I think it was eight that day, and all the parents were well made up. Because he started off with unreal expectations by sending me pictures, saying, can you do this, this, and this for my son, and this for my son. I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not a chance. <laughs> so they were made up, and then now some of them come to the shop now because they've left the nursery now, and they feed it into the shop now. And, and, they, and okay. it's, I've seen them transform. And like the non-verbal ones have started talking now and stuff like that because the the work the person at the nursery she's a speech and therapy therapist so she helps okay. them like develop the talk speech as well so it's nice hearing them speak and communicate with me you know and say hi to me and bye to me and, and stuff like that so really see them yeah. developing over the years that's it's amazing. really interesting watching them grow and also I imagine that you know because it is such a scary thing and like for all the reasons that you've said being able to then conquer it and being able to get their haircut is it gives you self-worth and gives you independence and, 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 and it's, I think gives children the ability to maybe do something else that's difficult in life, knowing that they can, that they can get over it. Yeah. You know? It would be nice if they know if they are achieving more from after getting a haircut and have like put foundation in for something. So, and then they can move on to another task, what they struggle with as simple as like washing the hair or brushing the teeth or anything like that. Yeah, and that well, that was actually one of my questions for you. If you had any advice for for me and other parents out there, because hair can be a tricky thing, and unfortunately, you have you, ha- you have to wash it and you have to brush it. And like with my daughter, it's a constant struggle. You know, like what I found, I brush her hair actually with conditioner in the bath, and then it just gets bad, and then we do that again, and we're going to get it cut. And we've done we we have twice now grown it really long and given it to, um, to be, have a wig made for a charity. Um, but it is, it is a struggle. It, uh, you know, I would love to hear your advice on any tips you'd have on washing hair and brushing hair. Um, and I think for cutting hair, we should just come to your salon. <laughs> um, washing is always a difficult, it's probably finding an order free shampoo. Ah, that's So a it's good not idea. overbearing with a sense. I'll let them pick and start yeah. off with some of basic like with the autumn balsam range because they've all different fruit they have all different fruits so let them smell what they're like let them lead it because it's their senses what are affected by it yeah so if if they can pick what scent they want it might be a bit easier and i recommend dry shampoo quite a lot okay if dry shampoo talcum powder talcum powder does the same thing so north if you want to just a quick fix I would just use dry yeah. shampoo and talcum powder and combing. I always aim for wide tooth combs, like detangling combs. Is that the same as a detangling hairbrush? The, yeah, like the, the brushes are more finer and dense. Dance. Yeah. So I try a comb what's wider toothed. So okay. it's just gentle to start at the bottom and then work your way up instead of starting from the top all the way down. 
Ah, well, that's a good tip. I haven't done that. I have to, I have to try that out. <laughs> uh, and then also cutting it shorter seems to be a really good uh, yeah, solution. That's, <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's a lot of preferring this answer. Just cut it off. <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, I've, I finally convinced my daughter because her friend has a similar issue and they're, they're best friends at school. And so they're going to both get their haircuts and be twins together with their shorter haircut. <laughs> um, so <laughs> if that works, that works. <laughs> Exactly. Whatever works because it, it, it can be so traumatic. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, and it's, uh, you just hate to put your child through it oh, every day. Um, that's how I feel. Oh, exactly. It's, uh, um, it's, um, you got to pick your battles and anything that you can do to decrease the battles is a, is a good thing. And I think, um, you know, your salon sounds absolutely fantastic for that. Is there, you know, I always ask my guests, are there any takeaway tips. I usually ask for three, but um, that you can think of to parents and maybe even applying beyond hairdressing in terms of how they can deal with their kids when they are acting out. Because it sounds like you have a lot of experience of dealing with a wide variety of children coming into your salon and and, um, you you bring them to a good place. So any tips for us parents out there? Uh, Probably patience is the biggest one and giving them time to regulate. Yeah. And find what makes them comfortable at that moment, being squishies, fidget toys or anything, to shift the focus of attention what's actually happening and what's triggered it. Okay. That's a good advice. That's probably the best one. That's how I usually do, because I usually walk away when it gets too much and let them regulate again, because I gauge it and how fast they recover. So okay. if they go into like heightened mode and then they drop instantly and then recover, we know we're safe, just making noise. That's what I said to the parents when they start panicking. And then when tears come out, that's when we cease because it's gone too far. Because if they get too far overwhelmed, they'll end up just throwing up and they'll just resent the whole experience completely. That's not noise then. It's just they're in genuine discomfort and distress. So if they're just making noise, like screaming, like I mentioned about the other kid who now sits on the chair, we can get through that because he's, he's calming down as soon as I've stopped. He's calming down within seconds. So he's regulated it really fast. But if in flood of tears, you know it's not it's no point carrying on because there's no point pushing through it. Yeah. And you know, it, 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 I can relate that to parts of my parenting journey as well. When, when, when they're really upset, there's no point, you know, it's, you know, let's go sit on the swing. Let's go do something else. Let's, let's get us back down again because otherwise you can't go forward. But that's, that's really good advice in terms of um, gauging where you're at in terms of where the child's at and then knowing when it's okay to go forward. And as you said, sometimes you don't do anything like that's the, it's 45 minutes in the shop and, and, and you don't get to, to do the haircut, but next time it's, I presume it's better the next time that child comes back yeah, in again. Be, I might just do a bit of the sides or around the ears or just a fringe on the next visit, but something on the next one might click and go, all right, well, it's not hurt me the time before. I get to play with toys, I'll just let him get on with it. It might be uncomfortable, but I'll just get on with it. My mum's got a change of top for me. She's got snacks for me. She's got juice. She's promised me a treat. So I'll just make it do. Yeah, and it's building that resilience then. Yeah, yeah which is which is what you want for them um, as they grow up and have to have to deal with the weird, weird and wonderful world that exactly. we live in. So that makes 
a lot of sense. And, and, and throughout it all, it seems like you have a, a, a big well of patience within you. So you your, your kids are lucky to have a dad like you. Um, I think it's a, how, how do you keep yourself so patient? Are there things that you do? Are you just naturally patient, calm person? I don't really know. <laughs> you figure that one out, you could sell it for gold. I, think dust, I, go, I do struggle sometimes, especially with my daughter, because she has a lot of sensory overload moments and I don't know how to handle it, which is strange, really, when it's your own. It is because interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know how to tackle some things with her she, when she gets angry and I ask her to regulate and calm down. But I'll, I'll get it one day. Let's like I said, they're all different. And a haircut's a different experience yeah. to not being able to have tea or stuff like that. That's what I find. I can master the haircut thing because I've done that. But home life, I struggle a little bit with because it's a different scenario. Yeah. And it's also, I think it is, I can be much more patient with other people's children than I can with my own, which is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it sounds like it's common, you know, uh, and you have more vested in it, you know, or you're trying, um, you're trying so hard or, or sometimes I, I might even catastrophize like, well, if, if this doesn't happen, then, yeah. then something, you know, then, then she's never going to be able to do this. And so it, it, I think, yeah, um, all parents have to cut themselves some slack, I think with their own children, but probably what you do every day teaches you ways in which you can try different things with your daughter as yeah, well, exactly, I would imagine. Yeah. I try my best. Yeah. That's all, that's all we could do as parents is try exactly. our best. <laughs> well, Craig, it's really been a pleasure. And I want to thank you for taking your time on this bank holiday weekend to, to speak with me. And I hope I haven't ruined your day too no, much and that you have a, 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 a lovely afternoon. Thank you for listening, Send Parenting Tribe. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. Craig is a truly amazing person. If this is your first time on the show, please click the follow button as we will be bringing you new episodes every Tuesday. We would love to hear your comments and feedback or any topics that you'd like to hear about on the show. So please reach out either at our website, www.sendparenting.com or follow us on Instagram at Send Parenting Podcast. Wishing you and your family a happy week ahead.